Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer, and welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Wednesday, November 16th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got the latest on the race to become Republican leader in the Senate. Number two, what Kevin McCarthy might have to give up to become speaker. And number three, what to know about the new top Republican on Senate banking. All right, let's get into it. The top story this morning uh, for Punchbowl News AM is a look at Senator Mitch McConnell of Kentucky. Senate Republicans are scheduled to vote this morning on who will be their leader for the 118th Congress. Let's just save you some suspense here. It is going to be Mitch McConnell. He will win. Yet McConnell is facing something he's never dealt with previously during his 16-year run as Senate GOP leader, a challenger. Senator Rick Scott of Florida, the NRSC chair, is running against McConnell for minority leader. Scott is likely to get between 6 and 10 votes, according to Republican senators that we spoke to on Tuesday. Maybe more, it won't be anywhere near enough to threaten McConnell's grip on the conference. Yet it shows just how much unrest there is among Senate Republicans after the party's dismal showing on Election Day. There will also be a group of Senate Republicans calling for a delay in the leadership elections until after the December 6th runoff in Georgia's Senate race. Joining Scott in this effort, seen as an anti-McConnell move, are Senators Ted Cruz of Texas, Marco Rubio of Florida, and Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, among others. This effort will fail as well. Former President Donald Trump's announcement on Tuesday night that he's making another bid for White House in 2024, his third since mid-2015, adds another layer of complexity to the internal Senate GOP fight. It was Trump-endorsed Senate candidates, of course, that lost in key battleground states like Pennsylvania and Arizona and may still lose in Georgia. Scott's unwillingness to have the NRSC intervene in primaries against any of these Trumpian candidates, despite concerns from McConnell about their viability, led to sharp disagreements between the two men. The McConnell-allied Senate Leadership Fund and NRSC clashed throughout the cycle on tactics and spending, and Trump's continued attacks on McConnell further split the party, with GOP candidates being asked repeatedly over whether they'd support the Kentucky Republican for leader next year if elected. The Republican leadership election will kick off this morning at 9.30 a.m. in the old Senate chamber and will take several hours to play out. GOP incumbents eligible to serve in the next Congress will be allowed to vote. This means Senator Lisa Murkowski of Alaska can take part, but not her Republican challenger. Republican candidate Herschel Walker is also allowed to vote, although he's not expected to be present. Representatives Mark Wayne Mullen and Ted Budd get to vote following their Senate victories, as do Senators-elect Katie Britt, Eric Schmidt, and J.D. Vance. Budd and Mullen have declined to answer any questions about the McConnell-Scott dispute, and the views of the other three aren't clear. Senator John Barrasso of Wyoming, the Republican conference chair, will oversee the proceedings, and Senator Ron Johnson is expected to nominate Scott. It wasn't clear who will nominate McConnell, although the Kentucky Republican said repeatedly that he is going to win the contest with more than enough support. In public and private, McConnell and Scott have blamed the other in large part for the November 8th debacle. 
McConnell has also criticized the Trump wing of the party, pointing out that false claims over the 2020 election being stolen and the violence during the January 6th insurrection alienated the very voters that Republicans needed. During Tuesday's closed-door meeting, Senate Minority Whip John Thune bashed Scott for pushing his own policy agenda, which was seized on by President Joe Biden and Democrats, despite being rejected by party leaders. Also kind of an interesting thing to note, Senators Tom Tillis and Marsha Blackburn have called for a review of how the NRSC operated during the cycle. It's not an audit of the campaign committee, but GOP senators want to explore some of the decision-making process and procedures inside the organization, according to several Republicans. For his part, Scott criticized McConnell's willingness to compromise with Democrats on infrastructure, gun control, the debt limit, and spending bills during this Congress. Scott also complained that Republicans lack an agenda to inspire the American public. The fracas with Scott comes as the 80-year-old McConnell is on the verge of breaking the late Senator Mike Mansfield's record for the longest-serving party leader in Senate history. McConnell will reach that milestone in January. He is acutely aware of this record and his place in Senate history. Yet McConnell and his allies hoped he would be doing it as majority leader, especially with a very favorable Senate map heading into this cycle. As for Scott, his own future is less clear. He's only been in the Senate for four years, and he often talks about how the chamber's rigid traditions and customs impede the ability to make real changes. Scott constantly mentions his record as a business executive and Florida governor. He is seen to have presidential ambitions, which was viewed as one of the reasons he refused to intervene in Senate primaries, an unwillingness to offend the Trump base. Also happening today, the Senate will vote at 315 on a cloture motion for the Respect for Marriage Act. This bill would codify the right to same-sex marriage into federal law. GOP and Democratic sponsors of a revised version of the bill. Senators Tammy Baldwin, Susan Collins, Kirsten Sinema, and Tom Tillis believe they have the 60 votes needed to overcome a GOP filibuster. All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning. Kevin McCarthy's quest for 218. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy had a good day Tuesday. House GOP lawmakers picked a California Republican to be their nominee for Speaker of the House. He garnered the votes of 86% of the House Republican Conference. The vote was 188 to 31, easily beating back a challenge from Representative Andy Biggs. But here's the big question. Does McCarthy have the 218 votes he needs to be Speaker? Not a chance. And he won't until December or even early January. The next step in McCarthy's quest to be Speaker will come at 1 p.m. today when House Republicans vote on a host of changes to the party's rules meant to curb the power of leadership. We've got a list of the changes that conservatives are seeking to party rules in Punchbowl News AM this morning. Of course, remember that All these are party rules and are subject to a GOP-only vote today. Each one of these will succeed or fail on their own, and House Republicans are expected to consider the first 12 proposals today. So a couple of just to note, we have Representative Andrew Clyde of Georgia proposing a rule that leadership can probably accept. This would be a mandate that the Capitol could only be closed in extraordinary circumstances. This is followed from the Capitol being largely shut due to the COVID-19 pandemic, and it doesn't force McCarthy's hand in any way. Representative Lauren Bobert of Colorado is trying to ban members of the steering committee. 
the panel that chooses Republican committee assignments from serving on the NRCC executive committee. This also doesn't seem to be like a major problem for McCarthy, but there's others that might be. You've got Ralph Norman from South Carolina, and he wants to ensure that every Republican member can participate in conference meetings. This would allow everyone to speak and is unlikely to be supported by leadership because it would make the meetings too long. Another issue that could be problematic to McCarthy is Representative Scott Perry wants to allow more staffers into closed party meetings. They are not going to support this because these meetings would be more widely attended, and that's not what they want. I would suggest you review all of the changes that Republicans are pushing for. Of course, McCarthy wants very badly to be speaker, so he's going to be open to all sorts of the changes. If you're a Republican right now who wants something, this is the time to push McCarthy for it. If you're trying to make a point or be a pain in the neck to leadership, your rule change will probably be defeated by a conference that mostly lines up with McCarthy. All right, let's run to the number three story of the morning. Our very own Brendan Peterson has a card in this morning's Punchbowl News AM looking at Senate banking's next top Republican. Of course, that is Senator Tim Scott, the Republican from South Carolina. Of course, there's only so much Republicans can do in the minority. And if the Georgia runoff between Senator Raphael Warnock and Republican Herschel Walker next month nets Democrats their 51st seat, it will become even harder for the GOP to block President Joe Biden's financial nominees. Still, it's interesting to look at these new dynamics because you have Senator Sherrod Brown, the Democrat from Ohio, expected to again chair Senate banking. So let's look at a couple things that are important. Scott's policy priorities. Scott has served in the Senate since 2013, but he's had less time to establish a detailed financial services portfolio and construct an army of alumni on K Street uh, compared to many of his predecessors. He does have clear priorities across a number of issues that you can read about in his quote-unquote opportunity agenda. This includes a bill he introduced with Senator Catherine Cortez Masto in 2018 to simplify the process of opening a bank account. He's also authored another bill with Senator Mark Warner to update the credit scoring models used by government-sponsored housing lenders. Scott also has a number of K Street allies that Brendan lists out in the item. Another thing to watch here is the money. Of course, Scott is a top fundraiser when it comes to uh, the Senate. And one of those allies is, allies is Larry Ellison, the CEO of the tech giant Oracle. Another big donor, Ben Navarro, the billionaire CEO of Sherman Financial Group. And one last thing, of course, in 2024, that decision is looming large for Scott, who has said this upcoming term as senator will be his last. Serving in a top post on Senate Banking Committee is a lot of work. He's also on several other committees. Of course, running for president or being on a presidential ticket is time-consuming as well. And there's only 24 hours in a day. We'll leave it at that. Thank you so much for listening. Just a reminder that this morning, Jake is going to be interviewing Senator Mark Warner about news of the day and the impact of 5G on energy. That conversation is going to be at 9 a.m. on the live stream, or you can join us at Hawk and Dove. Go to the events hub at punchbowl.news to sign up and be able to stream the event or attend. And with that, leave us a rating and review. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news for our free newsletter. Have a great day and stay safe.